Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, okay. Hi. Hello. We just had to um, pause the recording for a minute because I had to scoff a scrambled tofu tortilla because I have my period and it's, I've turned into a crazy ravenous bitch. I had pizza for dinner last night. Yeah, I ate so much this last few days. I was like pretty hungover after like three glasses of wine on Friday and I spent like I ordered Uber I ordered delivery three separate times in one day oh my god do you know how disgraceful that is <laughs> what that did you get illegal yeah. I got egg slut mm-hmm. yeah so egg sluts like is it American uh I'd never heard of it yeah I think it's like an American transplant in England and it's just like all they sell is just like bacon and egg McMuffins and coffee <laughs> and I was like I yeah. need this and then I got um, chicken burger. Sorry, this is boring to everyone. And then ice cream later on. Yeah, it was despicable. I was like, just walk outside, you fucking lazy <laughs> Yeah, I've been being um, horrifically late. I got burgers on Saturday night and pizza Sunday night. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for like, um, I don't know what it is, like the siege that we'll get to and all the just crazy shit happening in the world right now. I feel like I'm in comfort eating mode Mm. because everything's scary and who cares about eating kale and the world's falling apart. Also, we have no idea when we'll be able to leave home again. So yeah, (laughs) who cares? (laughs) Literally who cares? Um, Okay. 
So it's funny to start the podcast when we're in full, full, full lockdown because we just have nothing to report to anyone. That's what, yeah, sorry, we've got it's like no a bit anecdotes. <laughs> yeah, we can't do like anything. I got Deliveroo. <laughs> yeah, this is where we're at. There is to say. Oh, I um, taught the cat how to fetch. <laughs> that's crazy. That's what I've done. That a cat, like they don't normally do that. No, they don't fetch. Um, but he has this mouse that he's obsessed with and we just throw it and he brings it back and forth like fully fetching like a dog. So that's what I've been doing in quarantine. <laughs> a quarantine achievement. Yeah. Um, okay, well, what we lack in interesting anecdotes we're making up for in recommendations, mm-hmm. sort of. Tell me sort what of. yours are. Okay, um... I got so after last week you recommended today in focus how they did a big um feature on obesity and sorry a big episode on obesity podcast and I listened to that and then I was talking to you about that everything you know about obesity is wrong article and then we had a few listeners dm us and say that that article that I always wank on about was written by Michael Hobbs, who's the host, the co-host of the You're Wrong About podcast. That's like such a nice little twist. I know. That I didn't expect. And they had done, before he'd published the article, but when he'd been working on it for over a year, um, they did an episode called, I think it's called Everything You Know About Obesity is Wrong or something. Or, um, And I listened to it on the weekend. It's really, really good. It's... Um, super informative so for anyone who like hasn't read that long huffington post article but wants to learn about it i would recommend this over the today and focus one that today and focus guy was just so hard to listen to and she asked like weird questions i found yeah yeah um but it was like an interesting yeah it's like an interesting concept topic. yeah it's a to- interesting topic yeah you're wrong about yeah. it just so good and it's really funny how he's always bringing He's always bringing her all of the info and she's just there to be funny and just have quirky things to say about it. That's funny because all the ones I've listened to, I'm like, what is the point of him? I guess they must take turns bringing all the info to each other. Because I listen to like five. No, every single one I've ever listened to, she's bought all the information and he's like just been making like bitchy, funny jokes. Oh, but Princess Diana was all him. Jessica Princess Simpson Diana was him. him. Yeah. And this one's all him. And then I, I haven't really listened to any other ones. I listened to like Kitty Genovese, Courtney Love, something else, Marie Antoinette, and they were all her. Right. So that's just a balance. They're balancing it out. Oh, and he, he also, a listener said that uh, Michael Hobbs also has a podcast called Maintenance Phase, which is all about debunking health fads. Um, which is apparently really good. I haven't listened to it, but I want to. But I'm just going to play a little snippet from the obesity one because everyone's mean about fat people and they shouldn't be. (laughs) There's like this debate among the medical community and all these like debating and dueling studies. Is body fat itself a health risk or is it just like diet and exercise that is a health risk? Who cares? Because frankly, losing weight is impossible. Mm -hmm. We all sort of know this. It's a cliche, right? 95% of diets fail. We all kind of know that diets don't work. So, okay, my understanding of it, and this is probably wrong in in a bunch of ways, but my simplified understanding is that 
your body reaches its highest weight. And then for the rest of your life, if you lose weight from that, it will be trying to get back to that weight again, or like trying to get back to that fat content. It's basically an evolutionary adaptation, right? It Mm -hmm. makes sense for us as a species to hold on to weight, because that's how you deal with periods of famine, whether it's a daily famine or a weekly famine or a monthly famine. It makes a lot of sense for us to hold on to weight. And then of course, there's huge individual variation in how the body holds on to weight. I interviewed a bunch of endocrinologists for this, and there's like 50 different things that the body does to keep you from losing weight. Like your body temperature goes down, your hunger hormones wow. spike, your the hormones that tell you when you're done eating, your satiety hormones, those turn off. So basically you'll eat a whole meal and then you'll just be hungry as if you haven't eaten because mm-hmm. your hunger hormones are going nuts and your satiety signals aren't working. And then other than that, I have just been binging Sopranos. Yeah. Tried to watch a documentary called Hypernormalization, but it's two hours and 46 minutes long. And it's very, very um, academic. And I lasted through the first bit, which was like really interesting. And it was all about um, the war in Syria and bomb attacks and all this. And then it starts getting into cyber tech. And I was like, how many facets are there in this and then i realized that it was only i realized we were only 45 minutes in in and i was like i I have to stop yeah it's not the time for like challenging your brain i feel at the moment yeah i was like we need to i can't you have to pause it and tell me what's going on (laughs) um i watched the fran lebowitz documentary on netflix um so martin scorsese directed it and it's like a six-part it's like six part, 25 minute installments, but it's the overall thing. If you watched all the episodes is like watching a documentary about her life. She's just so funny. She's a kind of famous, like New York character and a writer and she's just brilliant. It's like a really fantastic watch. And then I watched pieces of a woman, which we've talked about yeah. already, but hadn't seen. It's Vanessa Kirby from the crown. And she's getting a lot, a lot of Oscars buzz for her performance. Um, and it's Shia LaBeouf as well. And like the movie's been kind of shrouded in all this controversy about Shia LaBeouf. Um, but it's about a woman who has a childbirth that goes horribly wrong and loses the baby. So very timely with like all the Chrissy Teigen and Meghan Markle stuff. Um, the opening 20 minutes is just the whole birth scene and it's like it's obviously not in real time but it's just this one long huge never-ending scene of this birth and it's so awful and like harrowing and realistic and like graphic um did you watch with zach or by yourself i watched it by myself yeah and that i was like i've never been so gripped at the start of a movie i just thought it was incredible and then it just fell completely off the fucking rails after that (laughs) <laughs> it's so weird like so much weird shit yeah. happened like her mom Vanessa Kirby's 29 her mom's played by Ellen Bernstein who's like literally has to be like 80 88 yeah her mom's played by Ellen Burns- Bernstein who's 88 and it's just what never referenced that this woman who's old enough to be her actual great-grandmother is her mom she the mom at some point is like I'm a holocaust survivor I was like what <laughs> your daughter's 28 <laughs> Like in what world? Oh my god! Is she supposed to be twenty eight in the movie? Well, it doesn't even matter. Even if she's even if she's supposed to be like thirty five, it still makes no <laughs> sense. Make yeah, sense. even if she's supposed to be sixty, it still makes no <laughs> sense. Yeah, so like that's so random. Um, 
And like, there's this really traumatic scene where it's like the first time they're like having sex after this has happened, but it's like really rapey. And I've seen reviewers be like, it's such an amazing um, analysis of like a couple renegotiating sex. And it's literally shy, but like, <laughs> put your hand on my dick, put your hand on my dick. And I was like, oh, like, it's just a weird film. Like, I don't get like, anyway, Vanessa Kirby is really good in it, but I do think it's been somewhat over hyped. Mm. The thing about it, which I don't know if this is a somewhat controversial, I don't know. It just doesn't, I don't, when I was like, okay, it's about a woman giving birth and then having a miscarriage and then I just, I just, no part of me wants to watch it. Right. I was amazed to watch, like, it was the most realistic portrayal of childbirth I've ever seen in a movie and that in itself was kind of fascinating to me Mm. that... We've never had a kind of quote unquote miscarriage movie, but it isn't a miscarriage. It's and like the whole thing, sorry to spoil spoilers. The whole thing is based on the fact that this baby dies during the birth and they're blaming the midwife. And I just kept waiting for the midwife to do something wrong. And it was just this accident. And then there's a whole arc about them like taking her to court and trying to get her tried for like murder. And I was like, what did she do wrong? (laughs) Like, they didn't set up her doing yeah, anything wrong. And I'm like, that's the tension of the whole movie. And she, you just feel bad for this poor lady who was just a nurse. She's like, call the ambulance, something's going wrong. And then the ambulance gets there too late. And then didn't you say to me when we were messaging that it's kind of um, icky that Shia's like a bit abusive in it? Yeah, so I think like the... Uh, like some of the reviews I read was saying that they think that what we know about Shia LaBeouf is like coloring scenes that would have felt nuanced otherwise. Mm. But I don't agree with that. Like there's a scene where he just like picks up a, like a birth ball, like, you know, those bouncy (laughs) and he just like chucks it at her head really aggressively. I'm like, I don't know what's nuanced about that. (laughs) (laughs) And then the gross, weird sex scene, which is like really uncomfortable to watch. Um, so I think the fact that we know that he's, cause he's really good in it, but it's the same thing with everything that he's in where he's really good because he seems to just be playing like a hyped up version of himself. Yeah. You know, in positive news, um, Margaret Qualley's apparently come to her senses. Yes. Yes. Been following this too closely. <laughs> No, I know. Yeah, because on Doom Why last week, someone wrote in and was like, can you ask your followers whether, like any production people, whether um, Margaret Qualley dating Shia is going to affect her career? Because like her first role, her first big role is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She hasn't really done much that else, but she's kind of buzzy because she's gorgeous and she's a good actress and she yeah. dated Pete Davidson, <laughs> this girl. And then Shia. And um, she's also so young. She looks so young that she seems like a... You know how there are some people that are like perpetual up-and-comers, even though they have been in the industry for years? She's got that vibe mm. where you're like this up-and-coming actress. When Zach said she was pretty in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I was like, you sicko. She's 15 and she's like older than us. She's 26. Yeah, she's 26. She looks but so she, young. Um, 
she was playing a kid in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so that's probably why we think of her as young. Yeah, but she looks she so much like, like a yeah. kid. Yeah. yeah, 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 and she looks so young. Yeah, because when they put her in the scene with Brad Pitt and she was trying to boss Brad Pitt, I was like, this is illegal. That's hilarious as well because Nicole, what's her face, is 27. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is dis- yeah, this is disgusting in the movie and that's what he was actually doing in real life. Yeah. But, yeah, someone wrote in saying, will this affect her um, career? And then a production person, like, allegedly, um, replied and said it already is impacting her career. We had a discussion today um, in production about potentially getting Margaret um, for the lead in a new TV series and decided against, like, contacting her because of Shire. And then someone else wrote in and was like, hey, I know on good authority that she came to her senses and broke up with him on the weekend um, and her mum and her parents had apparently been just, like, tearing their hair out about the whole situation, which you would be. Yeah. And – but before that, apparently she'd been going around Hollywood trying to stick up for him. It's like, no. It's so crazy to me. I, I guess just because no. I don't see the appeal of him, it may, I'm really confused. Like, yeah. whereas maybe someone who finds him attractive understands – I'm just like, what a sword to die on. That's so random. Yeah. We all love a bad boy, don't we? Uh, A bit of a segue as well to Shia was fired from Olivia Wilde's film Don't Worry Darling. Um, And then she quickly hired a certain man called Harry Styles to take his place, who she's now bussing. Great segue. This is... The news no one saw coming. The news no one saw coming. Like, I'm truly surprised by this development. There was a Jumois blind item on it a full, whatever, 48 hours before it leaked in the press. And I just skipped past it because it didn't even cross. It was so obvious that that's what it was about. And it didn't even cross my mind to think about it because it didn't cross my mind that that would ever be a thing. I'm, like, really surprised by this romance. And... It would definitely be a thing on Harry's end. She's so his kind of girl. No, I, like, I understand why they'd both be attracted to each other. But I just think it's so messy that you're like only a few weeks into filming. Like, No, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, think that, I think that he would be really into her, obviously, because she's gorgeous and a director and really smart and accomplished. But you'd think that she would be like, absolutely not. And just how much it has to have so many on like this is what confuses me about this whole thing so harry styles and olivia wilde have only started filming together recently and they were photographed hand in hand attending harry styles best friend slash managers wedding which only like 30 people went to and then photographed coming back from the wedding into harry's house together and now rumors are circulating that she's permanently moved into his place while Jason Sudeikis, her ex, and their kids stay at their old family house. But they'd broken up before she got with Harry. I'm just like, I don't get why this relationship is progressing so fast in the public eye when so many people hook up on film sets and it doesn't come out until, like, after the movies come out. Yeah, probably quarantine has a lot to do with it. Like, she... I highly doubt she's moving into his house right now, but potentially because LA is in a similar lockdown to us. Yeah. She 
she's probably just hanging out with them heaps in quarantine, maybe. But I screenshot something saying that it was like an open secret on the set while they were filming in Palm Springs. But it's like, when when was he confirmed Harry Styles? It was confirmed that Harry was replacing Shire in September and they started filming in November, October, November. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it's just a sh- very, sh- it's still just a very short window of time. I don't get how the paps were tipped off about the wedding. Fo- like the wedding photos looked so staged to me. I know I'm like conspiracy theorist, but I'm like, I don't get how the paparazzi knew that they'd be walking down a driveway in their matching Gucci bespoke outfits at the specific time holding hands. I know. I just don't... But they obviously just got in a good spot, maybe. Because they would have known Harry was going to the wedding. They, they would probably be shooting... In, they'd probably be there anyway. Trying to cover the wedding and it just happened that they caught them. Mm. Mm. I'm just like, you've got to be really... Because this is what I love about celebrity romances, is that you would have, like, your romance, and then you'd have, like, the level of commitment where you're happy with the public knowing. It's like a normal person's equivalent to moving in together. Being like getting it confirmed, you know? So I'm like the fact that they're only a few weeks in and they're still working together and they're like happy with this all being out in public. I reckon it's, I reckon it's a massive, I reckon it's a massive whirlwind romance. Yeah. You know, the kind where like, you're just like, I don't care if the public knows because I'm in love and he loves me and we're just, we're together and we're going to be together. And even, you know, at the start of those romances where you're so besotted with them, you kind of, you almost, you want people to know because it can, it it cements it as being a thing. So maybe from like Olivia's end, because she's just left her husband of nine years. She's now dating Harry. She's fallen in love for the first time in nine years. She's probably like, if the public knows that we're dating, that kind of means it's more, it means it, I don't know. It kind of gives it more gravity. It kind of means it's, it's more like you, you need to make this work. A bit more. Yeah. And from Harry's end, he's probably like, I'm in love with her. She's gorgeous. She's smart. And I don't care who knows who I'm dating. Yeah. But then with Camille, when he was last dating someone, there were no, there's like one photo of them in existence. That's what I mean. I'm like, it's just like, there's more photos of Harry and Olivia together now than there are of like Harry and Camille slash like Olivia and Jason Sudeikis combined. Like, it's just so weird. I just mm. don't really, I, I find it all so random. Makes me like, my radar go off being like, is this just a stunt for the movie? But I don't know why it would be. It's got enough like clout on its no. own. Yeah. But I don't get it. It just seems really random to me. There was all that controversy yeah. on Twitter where people were saying that, the only reason people were jumping on Harry and Olivia being a romantic thing and not a friendship thing is because she's tall, blonde, white, and thin, and that if this was anyone else, basically, people brought up the fact that there was a bunch of times that Harry held hands with Lizzo and other guys that he's worked with and no one read into it and how it's kind of gross and problematic that everyone was saying they were dating. But I think that I don't really buy that argument yeah but it's stupid because it's like harry wore harry held hands with lizzo on stage yeah and or whatever awards event. and <laughs> he's holding hands with olivia wilde walking into a wedding where she's clearly his date 
and then going into the same house together afterwards with overnight bags. What? Yeah, like if he did that with Lizzo, obviously everyone would freak out and lose their minds thinking he was dating Lizzo. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that argument was super weird. I also think that this romance only does negative things to it for Olivia Wilde. Yeah, that's why I'm confused. Nothing by positive. It. <laughs> it's, like she, it, it's just she is. She's directed one movie, Booksmart, which was incredible. But other, than, but before that, she was an actress. So for you to switch from actress to director is a really hard thing to do as a woman. Like Reese Witherspoon talked about it a bunch, um, especially on Jamila Jamil's I Way podcast, where she said that she had to make. I think she said she had to make four like runaway hit movies for blockbuster hit movies before she could be taken seriously in the industry. Mm. And Olivia Wilde's, this is her second film. So it just doesn't look that great that she's sleeping with the lead actor, the younger lead actor. But then also I'm, I'm happy for her and I love it, but it's just, it's just a random move on. Her. I think it's a random move on her part for her to be okay with it being so public so quickly. I think Harry would would be stoked because she's gorgeous and smart and clever. Yeah, I guess they were just sprung by the paps at the wedding. And now this has just happened because all the other images that have been taken since could have like very easily been explained away as just like on set things. Yeah. You know, and they probably would much prefer it be kept under wraps. It's funny because when it happened, I was on Olivia Wilde's Instagram and there was hundreds and hundreds of comments being like, leave her alone. The comments on this post are disgusting. And I just searched for so long and I couldn't find any negative comments. And I feel like it's kind of funny. Anything I saw was two or three 14 year old freak Harry Styles stands being like, leave our man alone or something. But there was no, (laughs) there was hardly a massive backlash to it. Like I feel like there's a thing now because of clickbait where our culture likes to pretend that, there are these huge dramas when actually they just don't exist. I don't know anyone that has yeah. a problem with this relationship or is saying anything negative about it. And it almost became this micro industry of people saying, just leave them alone, let them be happy. And it's like, everyone just does feel like that. <laughs> I know. I'm just looking up. I'm just going back to the, the daily mail. <laughs> yes. What does it say? Title is Harry's high society. Harry's high society styles queen. She counts royals, Hollywood legends, and the world's leading writers in her lineage. The Daily Mail was saying that they were all over each other, showing PDA in Santa Barbara like the day after the wedding. And he literally just put his arm to kind of around her as they walked for one second. They barely physically touched. And they're like, PDA barely touched (laughs) Santa Barbara. I know. And also, the media, um, Pops. Paparazzi and the media are so tricky. So those photos weren't released till a week later when I sent them to you. So it was like the wedding pics and then these photos weren't released till a week later and they were like new photos of Harry and Olivia. So I was like, oh my God, how are they being spotted again? And they were from the very next day in Santa Barbara. So it was just the same paparazzi chasing them. Yeah, but they had to set up the thing of it actually being a romance with the... But they didn't release the pixel a week later and acted like they were new photos. Yeah. And they didn't even say that they were taken the next day. (laughs) So naughty. Yeah, they are naughty. Um, 
I know. I don't know what else there is to say about it. Um, I guess I'm happy about it. Happy for any two talented people in love. I find it funny now the thing of her like defending him to that woman. Remember she went off of that woman on Twitter and was like when she said bring back manly men and Olivia Wilde was like you're fucking disgusting. (laughs) She was dissing right. I know it's not about this, but I can't decide if Olivia Wilde's stylish or not. Yeah, people were like ribbing her um, wedding guest outfit, which was like very oh, obviously just provided by Gucci. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think she's like too pretty to have to be super stylish. Yeah, agreed. You know? Okay. On to Kim and Kanye, right? Kim and Kanye. A big week for celebrity news. Um, yeah. In news that will shock no one. Kim and Kanye getting divorced. I feel um, kind of sad about it. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just think that... Um, I feel sad about it because I think that Kim Kardashian, for all her faults really would want her fa- really would want to keep her family together mm. and I think that she would have tried really hard to make this work and I think that it sucks because it's obviously Kanye's mental health and his bipolar had heaps to do with it which is just it's just kind of it just feels sad yeah I think it's sad I, I wonder like how long it's like I, I think when all that stuff happened with the him saying stuff and her coming out with a statement, I think they were separated by then. And she just Yeah, I think to it's like, been rocky for ages. Yeah. I don't know. If, yeah. And we've heard like uh, I don't know if we can say this, but there's like been rumors of him like cheating on her with guys for like ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's been rumors of there being like infidelity on his end for ages. But yeah, it is obviously it's sad, sad for their like beautiful brood of children. But it always felt like such a like what's the word like a not a political marriage, but like kind of a political marriage. Like you know how Jay Z and Beyonce's marriage, you you can't even. It's so to do with like them their marketing tactics and like them being a brand themselves. Like Kim and Kanye was so like that, where it was so much about like where it was so much about him bringing her so much credibility and fashion credibility and relevance and just upping up, upping her cultural cred. And then she brought him into the kind of mainstream celebrity realm in such a massive way. It was such a convenient brand alignment that it's always felt hard to look at it objectively. I also just think as well that it would be so, it's so hard dating a musician mm. ever because those kind of really really creative types it's it's always their their creation their music their art whatever it is always comes first you always come second and for someone like Kanye you would just think it would be so intensely that and also he made a joke about Chris being Kim Jong-un he has some nickname for her and I just can't even imagine huh? the behind the scenes of how much he would be. There's this joke about the Kardashian curse on men. And I feel like 
there would be something really like demasculating about the way he's kind of coerced into doing shit like episodes of the Kardashians and stuff, which is like really just so beneath him <laughs> as a artist. Yeah. That stuff would yeah. be, to be a fly on the wall of that stuff would be so fascinating. But even as well on the other side, I cannot imagine him really ever helping out with the kids. I can't imagine him ever. Like he's been in like Wyoming or whatever doing his album for the past year and a half or something when he's got all these young kids. Yeah. I just can't imagine him ever like helping out. Like I know they have nannies and stuff, but I just, I just don't Even their weird like ever. sparse house that just seems so unlivable and not <laughs> real. I know. It's just so odd. It's such an odd, I mean, it's going to go down in the annals of history as one of the most important like celebrity couples of our time, whether we like it or not. How funny is it that when they um, announced the divorce thing, there were all these rumors that Kanye's been hooking up with Jeffree Star? I cannot get my head around this concept. I didn't even really know who Jeffree Star was, but he's a, he's just a, he's like a celebrity, he's a, Makeup artist, YouTube guy who's got who's famous for being really good at makeup. Yeah, and he's been cancelled a bazillion times. Um, right. He's really controversial. Right. But I don't know exactly why. But I just know he's done lots of naughty things. Surely, and it's funny because when the rumors surely when the rumors came out, he um. He was posting from Wyoming, being like, <laughs> yeah, he would have like flown to so Wyoming funny. to um, like fan the flames of those rumors because that's probably the most exciting news cycle that's ever going to go around about Jeffree Star. I, I just yeah. can't. Do, do we know where they came from? No, I have no idea. And there were also rumors that Kanye and Virgil who's the Louis Vuitton and off-white designer, were bussing. That's hilarious. The crazy thing about Virgil is that he has, he's hangs out with everyone, like all of the supermodels and designers and everything, and he weirdly has this wife called Sharon. Sharon? She has like full Karen energy from Chicago or wherever he like is from, and they have four kids and he just had this family before he became so famous and he looks so young that you would never know and she's just hidden i don't even know where he keeps her oh my I god know. sharon and their wedding is their wedding is like a full 2009 situation it's crazy it's random, so random. but yeah kanye and virgil used to work together in chicago really Closely. And they used to, they both interned at Fendi at the same time, <laughs> which is so yeah, so funny. Cause that's cause w- when I went to America, I remember, I don't know if I say this on the podcast or not, but when I went to America and I moved in with these, um, Californian girls and, Vir- and I went to look at one of them on Instagram when I first moved in and Virgil follows her on Instagram. And I was like, what's going on here? And she was like, Oh, I worked at Kanye. I worked at Kanye's shop or something in Chicago when I was younger and so I, and Virgil worked there too. Like she just worked. With yeah, it's so random. But they're. De- I feel it's like so I feel like Jeffrey Star is more realistic a rumor than Virgil. Like Virgil and Kanye seem more like frenemies yeah, they're, they're than lovers. 
Yeah. Um, my only interesting thing, my only next question is who will Kim date after this? Where does one go from here? Yeah, I don't know. Because there's rumors on Jumois that she's dating someone. I called my mum and I was talking to her about it. I was like, you know, there's rumors that she's dating someone. And my mum goes, oh, it's Meek Mill. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> that rapper that used to be engaged to Nicki Minaj. But I was like, mum, A, how do you know who Meek Mill is? Oh my God. A, why do you know this gossip that I don't? But Kim and Meek Mill were working on that, um, were working on that. Uh, prison reform stuff quite closely together but I don't I don't think it's him yeah I was gonna say it'll be someone either academic or someone who's involved way more in that side of things a random forever husband yeah someone still probably known but someone more uh activisty yeah don't know also um for everyone who listened to last week's episode and was as confused as us as to who Zoe Kravitz left her hot husband for. Heaps of people don't know this because we had heap, lots of DMs and I had to keep filling everyone in and breaking their hearts that apparently it's Channing Tatum. That's There's so much evidence that this is true and I just still refuse to believe it because it makes so little sense in my brain just on a purely like visceral level. And so the only reason we know it's Channing Tatum, we think it's Channing Tatum, is because basically, well, I mean, this could also be, this could also make sense. So basically, Dumois did that hint saying that it's an actor who has a talent not many actors have. And we obviously thought dancing, and then we googled A-list men who dance, and obviously Channing Tatum's name was first, but we just ignored him and didn't mention him, because... Yeah, it didn't even seem in the realms of possibility. And then then all these articles came out with Zoe's and Channing's team denying that they were dating. And there were just so many, like, no, 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 no. Then then suddenly you're like, why are you guys denying this so heavily? Exactly. If it's not a thing. Because I was like, where did these rumors come from? And I spent ages tracking it down and it was literally a random person on Twitter being like, word on the street is it's Zoe and Channing. And yeah, but that maybe that's up. someone from the, but maybe, maybe heaps of people are questioning that she's dating him because of the dancer comment. Yeah, but I'm just like, what, in what other world would the celebrity agents respond to a rumor that started as a random anonymous tweet? Like that gives it authenticity that they're jumping on it. The agent said, um, yes, they are working on a project together, but no, they're not They're not dating. And no project with them has been announced. So there's something that's so primitive that it hasn't even been announced yet. Like it's not on either of their IMDb's, a project they're both working on. So that's concerning too and then someone told us that jason momoa had followed channing tatum who's he's zoe kravitz's stepfather had followed channing tatum recently and was like commenting on his stuff oh my god so scary stuff (laughs) god ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices 
So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Okay, quick word on the Soho Karen. Are you across this story? Yes. It's so, I mean, it's not hilarious, but elements of it are hilarious. So a 22-year-old woman called Mia Ponsetto was filmed basically attacking this 14-year-old kid in a hotel lobby, accusing him of stealing her iPhone, which it turned out she had left in an Uber. (laughs) But the, basically this 14-year-old kid was black. His father is Kean Harold Sr., who's a Grammy-winning jazz trumpeter. And they were staying at this hotel in New York over Boxing Day, went down to have brunch, and this woman just randomly started attacking his son, like his young son. So he filmed it um, and uploaded it, and because he's so famous, it went viral really quickly. People like Questlove were sharing it. Um, and it showed... The hotel staff were basically siding with this woman who was acting hysterically and who ended up physically like attacking this kid, um, saying to him, just show her your phone, just show her your phone to show that it's not hers. And the dad was like, why? Yes. So that went viral. Every, I feel like everyone kind of saw the footage of that on on the internet. But then you're missing the best part. And it's that she then went on Gail King wearing a daddy cap like a cap that reads daddy on it and she was so rude to her while she was on the show disrespecting gail king is so sacrilegious i saw so many people like i saw elaine welteroth go on a today show about it and she was just so angry because it feels she put her hand up in her stupid daddy cap and was like gail that's enough. i know and she kept trying to be like <laughs> I'm just a 22-year-old girl. Um, and then she said, I was a 22-year-old girl, you know, like um, a- attacking or having a confrontation with a guy. And it's like, no, don't try and liken yourself to being a girl when you're 22 and he's 14 and he's a guy. It's a woman and a boy. Exactly. It's so gross. And keep in mind that she literally left her phone in an Uber, got out of the Uber, walked into the hotel where she was no longer a guest at and saw a young black kid get out of a lift and because he was holding an iPhone, assumed he had stolen it from her somehow and then began attacking him, asking him to give it back. When every iPhone looks the same. It's beyond. It's so obnoxious. It's also that I know it's obvious why it's awful, but just that way that young black boys are turned into adults is such a part of the way she was speaking. 
like her acting as if they yeah. were on the same level when he's literally a yeah. child is such a massive part of like the way racism functions in America. And how the everywhere. hotel staff were siding with her. Yeah, them saying, you know, just um, just hand it over and let her see. Imagine if it was the other way around where a young black woman suddenly um, started screaming at and hitting a white father and his white son. The hotel would be trying to restrain mm. her and get her out of there. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. Don't wear a daddy cap on TV. <laughs> I think it's cool. I think it's cool. Her daddy. What's that pod? That oh, got cancelled. Is it their merch? I think it's that merch. God. I think because I saw in the comments somewhere saying, of course she listens to that podcast, which I, I am not in any position to agree with or disagree with that sentiment because I haven't yeah, listened I haven't to it. Either. But they're probably not happy about that. Imagine a Karen, imagine someone called the Soho Karen wearing your <laughs> We're merch. Wearing after work drinks merch in an interview. <laughs> oh, God. We'd have to cancel the pod. <laughs> Literally, we'd have to go underground. <laughs> um, breaking news. Army Hammer's going... Yeah, sorry, that's <laughs> breaking news. Um, yeah, Army Hammer's going viral because of some really graphic, gross DMs he's been sending. Yuck, what is with him? Girls on Instagram. Yeah, he's... We've known this. Wait, okay. Oh, my God. Army Hammer becomes trending Twitter topic after graphic, quote, cannibalism Instagram DMs he's accused of sending have been leaked. What are they? He said, I am 100% a cannibal. <laughs> Why is he so tragic? Graphic accounts of sex acts and the message, I am 100% a cannibal. Well, I need to see the graphic sex ones to be concerned. Okay, anyway, should we get back to... Should I start with the, the the storming of the Capitol? Yeah, let's talk about the by far the most chaotic event of this week. <laughs> the storming of the Capitol. Basically, on the day that Joe Biden was, as everyone knows, um, set to be confirmed by Congress as the next president of the United States, Trump did an address to his followers in Washington, D.C. and basically told them, like literally, not basically, told them to go down to the Capitol where they had, but they had already behind the scenes been planning this, what even do you call it, protest, chaotic event, where they were planning to break into the Capitol for weeks. Um, so it wasn't unplanned, like people kept trying to act like it was and kept trying to say that that was the only reason police were unprepared, was because they didn't see that coming, which seems outrageous. Um, but I listened to a daily episode, which was really interesting, Um and in it, in it um, Michael Barbaro interviews a journalist who was watching this whole thing be organized in the weeks leading up to the day. And she said that literally um, mm. the day after Joe Biden was confirmed president or the same day, a Facebook, a Facebook group was set up called something really funny, like Stop the Steal. It was called Stop the Steal. Um, and it got 300,000 members within 48 hours. And during this time, people were sharing, you know, proof of election fraud and all of these really photoshopped doctorate images. And she said that she was watching. And as people were like, that doesn't seem real. They were just evicted from the group. <laughs> us when anyone questions after work drinks. Us when anyone tells us our <laughs> volume and um, audio qualities are bad. Um, and then 
And then they were evicted from the group. And so this journalist emailed, um, emailed Facebook and was like, are you guys keeping an eye on this? Because it seems quite, um, it's, it's spreading fake news, essentially. And there was already talk of violence and already talk of what are we going to do and how are we going to stop the steal and make sure that Trump stays on as president. So Facebook shut down the group, but not before all of them had already organized to meet on these other like lesser monitored social media platforms. So there's one called Parler which Trump just tried to join the other day after mm. Twitter kicked him off. And um, another one. So they all went to that, and this journalist followed them there and was watching as they were organizing, attacking the Capitol on January, whatever it was, 6th. Um, and they were saying, it was it's like quite funny if it wasn't so wild, but they were saying things like, don't take your weapons on the plane. If you want to take a weapon, organize a carpool. <laughs> like, pick me up from this address. I was like, you organize guys. Organize a carpool. Why are white people yeah. so annoying? Um, so it's obviously, and, and she said, she goes, she goes, anyone who was watching the far right would know that this was happening. And obviously the police and FBI should be mm. watching the far right right now. Even people with a, like, just colloquial understanding of the situation would know that something was like, that's what I don't understand. You don't, you, you didn't even necessarily need good intelligence on it to know that if Trump was rallying people and telling them that the election was stolen, there was probably going to be drama at the Capitol when that happened. Like the the fact that they had all this extra information with specific (laughs) details is insane. But even just base, even just base level security on the building, even if there wasn't, Protesters are rioting. Yeah, coming. there I should just be. Don't there should always be intense security there if members of Congress are inside. It, 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 That's what I mean. It, it's, it's so crazy. <laughs> and then, so basically, yeah, this mob of people, mob of Trump supporters, with some of them with weapons, some of them with Confederate flags, stormed the Capitol building, got through the barricade of police, and actually, um, my boyfriend said that. Like seventy percent or eighty percent of police in America are Trump voters, so it's like it's like right. the police weren't letting them through, but they would have had no, they would have had sympathy or empathy or or whatever that they. Yeah, I feel a bit. I like I I saw lots of memes about that. On one hand, I did agree, but then I was reading today about the cop who was so a cop was literally bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher by these guys so it's not like the idea that the cops were like in cahoots welcoming them in I feel like was no yeah I don't think I don't think that but I feel like um it's kind of interesting if if that statistic is right about how many of them vote for Trump obviously that's not saying that all Trump would do that yeah yeah approve of this kind of violence but it's like it's like that percentage compared to how many of them would have felt sympathy or empathy towards like the black lives matters exactly well i was watching and actually another police officer that was there um died by suicide today who was a part of the thing Mm. which is pretty crazy so they're considering counting that as part of the death toll but yeah no no 100 percent. i saw i was watching um janaya khan who does amazing instagram lives and they were saying that the fact that a police officer was killed in this siege and that no police officers were like killed or even drastically harmed during the Mm. entire of the black lives matter movement. And yet there hasn't been this huge public outrage about this police officer. Very few people know what he looks like or what his name is. It's evidence that like the, that 
fight against Black Lives Matter was never about protecting cops. It was just because it was about celebrating black life. Because if it was just about protecting cops, there would be as much, if not more, outrage at this than there was at Black Lives Matter protests being like defund the police. Because someone's beaten a police officer to death. But it just showcases that Black Lives Matter was just about being anti black <laughs> and not about being pro police. Because if you're pro police, you're more outraged at this than you are at anything that yeah. happened during BLM. Yeah. 100%. I think something that's interesting to talk about as well is the fact that. I totally understand why it was memeified because there was something so kind of cringy and embarrassing and like white and Karen-y to like all of the images that came out. But I also think part of the reason that it's maybe being, I know people know that it's serious, but I think part of the reason that it's not being discussed in a more, a more serious way is just because of how ineffective the people Mm. were it's like there were pipe bombs planted. They missed getting into the Senate. The distance between the senators getting out of the that room and the protesters getting in was one minute. And there were people there with like Well, zip that's the thing. It's, it's, it's to cuff it's people. Being, it's being kind of shown in the media as this really unorganized, really um, spur of the moment thing that a bunch mm-hmm. of people decided to do with no planning and no coordination and no like real intent to harm, but that's not the case at all. It was planned for ages. It's just that they were, it's just, mm. they, they just, they just, they just executed it badly. Yeah. So we think yeah. it's less serious. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that's really interesting is that it's kind of being, it's obviously not being treated as a joke. I know it isn't, but there's an element of people just because of how kind of pathetic everyone yeah. looked thinking that it's less serious than it was because it wasn't like, everyone in the same uniform and everyone effectively doing the job that they wanted to do. I found it really interesting that everyone was so many of the jokes around it, which I understand, but so many of the jokes around it were about these people being hicks and being uneducated and being stupid. And I I can't think of specific examples because of, I don't fully understand the American references, but like Raven Smith posted that picture of, Kendall Jenner with the Pepsi and was like, where was she? And everyone in the comments was like, more like Mountain Dew and a blah, blah, blah. Like everyone was just cracking jokes about how they were just hillbilly rednecks. And I kind of think that's, that annoys me about the way it's discussed. Not only because the majority of Trump voters are college educated and wealthy. But I feel like also the majority of Trump voters like wouldn't, that's the thing, like the majority of Trump voters wouldn't want to do that. (laughs) Like they would, they would be so against that. No, I know, but I just, I don't, I don't think everyone in that crowd was some illiterate. It was Britney kick. Spears's um, husband of fifty-five days. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know, but I, I just think that idea that the people that went are just stupid and they just went because they're so stupid and don't understand anything. It kind of is just an easy way of wiping your hands off mm. the situation. Whereas I think a lot of the people that went, like are intelligent college educated people one of them was a politician a house of representatives yeah and also as we've seen with covid and QAnon and lonely etc any anyone can get caught in Mm. rabbit holes like this like like just saying that someone's stupid because they believe something that you don't believe yeah exactly like what you said is a bit too simple like um 
again, a listener messaged us and recommended the the daily or the New York Times spinoff series Rabbit Hole for anyone who's struggling to understand how people can get to this point and believing things that obviously aren't true. Um, and it's because you're getting spread. So you're literally, if you Google it, like, as you said, the Google search results will show different things depending on what you have searched and what you believe. So if they are Googling going, mm. um, was the election a fraud? They'll be seeing all these articles saying yes. And I think, um, like I was so, I sent a hate of me again, just occasionally popping up on my empty Twitter to send like weird, um, I hate tweets to people. But I sent something to Ted Cruz because I was just so disgusted at him. But then I listened to him explaining because Ted Cruz is probably the most prominent politician in the Republican Party to be backing, saying no, to back um, not passing the thing on January 6th, who voted no against some of the states being counted in the Electoral College. Um, which I thought was disgraceful. But then when he explained it, he basically said, some studies show that up to 39% of Americans think that there was mass voter fraud in this election. And he was like, even if we know it's not true, we as Congress have a responsibility to the American people to do something to showcase to them that they can trust the electoral process worked as it was Mm. supposed to. And... My first thought is, well, I don't know what you can show people aside from the factual evidence that 90 courts across the country have thrown out because there is no evidence. But it's like, how do you, what can you actually do to convince someone that is so convinced of something that has no factual basis in reality? What can you show them? You physically show them the paperwork that there's no voter yeah, fraud. and they'll be like, they're going to believe the paperwork yeah. is falsified. Yeah, like it's gotten to a point where I don't even know what you would do or could do Mm. to show people that just believe this stuff. Because if you're if you're saying that things we've always believed as factual, like court documents (laughs) are no longer factual, then where do we stand? Everything's just up in the air. Yeah, exactly. Um, So on the day. Trump was blocked from, suspended from Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, which they have since announced is forever. He's just like suspended from all the platforms. And Pinterest. And Pinterest. Which made me like, laugh get so out much. of Pinterest. What's he doing? Like pinning, like pinning Confederate flags. <laughs> Interiors inspo. <laughs> like, oh, fucking hell. Coded in his board is like storm. Yeah, or just like. Oh God! What could they even be? Just Joe, ugly Joe Biden photos or something? Joe Biden looking gross. Just quickly, Donald Trump called Ted Cruz's wife ugly on Twitter, and Ted Cruz is like being his butt boy. <laughs> Can you imagine being that oh embarrassing? Uh, so yeah, so Trump's been suspended. Which when that happened, I was kind of, I was kind of in two minds about it because obviously. In a way, like, I just, I, my first reaction was that if Trump's suspended from Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, it's only going to hype his followers up more. It's only going to reinforce to his followers that, like, the news is biased and that the news is fake and that blah, blah, blah. And then they're only just going to go off to these other corners of the web where it's, like, less um, regulated. 
Yeah, I, I've been in two minds about it as well. But I think the conclusion I've come to is I think that something that's uh, something that's crazy about social media is that I think it's given the banner of Twitter or Facebook or YouTube the way that people then consume it. It's like giving legitimacy to what they're reading because it seems like such a trusted mm, place. Yeah, right. I see what you mean. And I think that. I think that like Trump being driven into these kind of like parlor and these areas of the internet, you're never going to completely get rid of those small niche, crazy fringe members, but you're going to have so much less of like those kind of random aunties and uncles and people who just stumbled on it and think it must be Mm. true because they're seeing it on a Twitter feed along with other stuff. And I just think that a lot of the arguments against Trump being taken off Twitter are that it's, stifling free speech but it isn't it's just stifling trump posting on twitter and it's just a capitalist service it's like having a twitter account isn't a right it's just a privilege (laughs) he doesn't it's not encoded anywhere that he has this right to having a huge platform but that's the that's the funny thing is it's like it just kind of shows that it shows that we've just all put like in well in Trump's instance or whatever, we've all just put so much weight and authority into social media platforms that now mm-hmm. instead of like perhaps for him the best thing would have been for the last four years is to build his own website up. That's his own thing, yeah. and that's where he does all his speeches, and that's where he feeds all his information. But the fact that he's been relying on all these platforms, and then he breaks the exactly. codes of rules on the platforms that they kick him off. It's it's like crazy that social media platforms can silence presidents, but it's because we have like used them as our main form of like communication, communication. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why this is such an interesting conversation because it's so much bigger than Trump in the sense of, um, it's like, it hasn't, it's not canceling Trump's freedom of speech because he can still speak anywhere he wants mm. he can still create www.donaldtrump.com and put whatever he wants on that <laughs> yeah. website right yeah. you know what i mean yeah nothing's stopping him from doing that but the thing is is it's not it's disingenuous to act like these social media platforms aren't the only place where we now get all our information and that's what's so complicated about it because it's like back in the day i was i was talking to zach about it and i was like you know how is he going to get his messaging across now and it's the same as anyone got their messaging across before the year 2000 through press statements made through the press, which are then published in outlets. We either buy a newspaper or turn on a TV or go to a website. Um, but those things will couch what he's saying. He doesn't have the direct pathway where it can't be fact-checked yeah. and where it has no context anymore. Yeah. Um, you can just go on Fox and News I, every day. Yeah, exactly. But they still at least have a journalistic obligation to say the president is still saying the election was stolen despite the fact that 90 courts have thrown it out. Him just being able to post it blatantly confuses people because they think, wait, if he can just post this and publish this on Twitter, surely there has to be some kernel of truth to it because how else can he post this? And it's just yeah. like if he if he breaks the rules, he breaks the rules, he gets kicked off. Like I, I don't think it's – yeah. The one thing I didn't understand is why now versus a bunch of other stuff. Like why now versus yeah. when the looting starts, the shooting starts. And people have been saying, don't you think it's a coincidence that the only time that the 
uh, Silicon Valley tech companies have ever taken a stand on Trump is the literal day that they're swearing in a Democratic president, House and Senate, where they're going to have complete control over regulation of those companies. Yeah, um, of course. Which I think is a really and interesting also like point keeping him on for that long. It's obviously like him using Twitter so much would be so great for Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah, so, exactly. It's like yeah. kept Twitter relevant. Yeah, that's why it's kind of funny that they would kick him off. But um, I would like to quickly touch on Trump's best, funniest tweets to celebrate him being banned. Um, probably the best was his rant about Christ- Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. So when she there's cheated be on some Freudian reason that that news story like bothered him so much. I know. It's on so, about so, it. so like, funny. Why do you care? So he was like, everyone knows that I am right that Robert Pattinson should dump Kristen Stewart. In a couple of years, he will thank me. Be smart, Robert. Robert Pattinson should not take back Kristen Stewart. She cheated on him like a dog and will do it again. <laughs> Just watch. He can do much better. As if he like doesn't cheat on everyone. Robert, I'm getting a lot of heat for saying you should do this like directly to Rob. <laughs> Robert, I'm getting a lot of heat for saying you dump Kristen, but I'm right. If you saw the Miss Universe girls, you would reconsider. So many oh. tweets and stories on Stuart slash Pattinson. Look, it doesn't matter. The relationship will never be the same. It's permanently broken. And then <laughs> my personal faves are the ones where he call, where he um, addresses losers and haters. So mm-hmm. sorry, losers and haters, but my IQ is one of the highest and you all know it. Please don't feel so stupid or insecure. It's not your fault. Every time I speak of losers and haters, I do so with a great love and affection. They cannot help the fact they were born fucked up. <laughs> Did he say that? He's like yeah. so funny. He and really then he said, is. I've never seen a thin person drinking a Diet Coke. I don't get what he's talking about. Like, that's hilarious, but that's not that. true. I know. <laughs> I know. That's literally not true. Yeah. I love Diet Coke. Unrelated. Um, yeah, so it's like when you talk about Trump, it's you cannot lie and pretend that he's not funny. No, he's so funny. Charismatic and entertaining, yeah. right? He yeah. is, but he's yeah. also – he's just an egomaniac. It's this – I was actually – it's so funny that he's done all of this stuff. I actually think part of it's by accident. I don't think he genuinely thought people would go that crazy, although I think on on one level I think he's – happy he has that much power over people but does he not realize that if he just said yeah all right i lost ha 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 did all of this properly he could then go and host his own fox news show have a spin-off series have his own tv network have a publishing company get paid for all of the like speaking engagements he's not going to be able to do any of the shit you can monetize after being I reckon president he still now. will be able to but like no one, there are so many people that would have touched him mm. if this hadn't happened that cannot touch him now. Yeah, you know what I mean. There'll be like niche people for sure, but he could have been a mainstream star and continued to be for years. And now, especially considering how in debt he is, he's just run himself into the ground. It's just it's just logically, it just makes no sense for him. Quickly, let's touch on Kamala Harris's first cover for Vogue US. It's really Feels ugly. very rushed. <laughs> it's, well, it, it was going around, which was really strange as well. It was going it around. It leaked and was going around for a whole 24 hours. And I, I thought it wasn't real. Same. It's, it's so, it's so bad. The, so... 
Vogue released two covers. They released a print and a digital version. The digital version is so much better by a so mile much better, yeah. than the print version. The print version shows her standing wearing a blazer. I'm just going to bring it up. Wearing a blazer, black skinny jeans, and converse, black converse. She's holding her hat. She just, she's in an awkward position. The lighting's really weird. It's really washed her out. The clothes she's wearing are the most, are really, really unflattering. She styled herself. Well, yeah. So this is the, there's actually a lot to unpack here. She styled herself because every single politician that allows themselves to be styled gets so much shit. Like AOC got fucking ruined for being styled in expensive clothes on the cover of Vanity Fair. Okay, but style yourself, but but just ask for a bit of help. Just literally... But she wants to look like that. She wants to look... This is her vibe. She I know. Look, she, she wants to look but... like a, a sensible but relaxed <laughs> woman. And... It feels like she literally gave the team 45 minutes to get this photo. This, the the mock-up set is random. Because Tyler Mitchell's a great photographer. Do you know that CNN and stuff have said that they've got sources from Harris's team who are like really... And they've said that she's really, really upset about this being the cover. <gasps> yeah. Really? Yeah. She didn't think okay. this was going to be the cover. She thought the blue power suit was going to be the cover. Yeah, because that's style. That's Michael Kors, right? She's it's almost. But like she a first styled lady herself. Portrait. But she wore that, right? Yeah. But she they're pulled clothes. So Robin Givan, who's the um, fashion critic for the Washington Post, did a really great story about this, and the headline is Vogue. Vogue got too familiar too fast, and she says. The nation's first female vice president elect has been photographed on the cover of February's Vogue mag- February issue of Vogue magazine. A vocal chorus on social media are displeased with the images. The cover did not give Kamala Harris due respect. That's pretty like rough for the Washington Post to say about Vogue. Mm. It was overly familiar. It was a cover image that, in effect, called Harris by her first name without invitation. There's nothing inherently wrong with the picture, and in some ways it's an audacious way of depicting this new political era. The problem is that it's on the cover. The picture isn't juxtaposed with one of her cons- with one of constituents or staff. She's a woman alone in sneakers, sharing a space with the Vogue brand. And in using this more informal image for the print edition of the magazine, it robbed Harris of her roses. So I think that's really fair, where it feels like she's been robbed of the Vogue treatment. Yeah, I copied and pasted from that article as well on our doc and said, yeah, Harris, she said Harris styled herself. She chose her ensembles, but it was ultimately Vogue and its editor-in-chief, Anna Wintour, that selected the cover. And using the more informal image for the print edition of the magazine, yeah, Vogue robed, is that what you just said? Vogue robed Harris of her roses, yeah. Yeah, it's just um, odd. And it's crazy that CNN and stuff are reporting that she thought that that was going to go inside. She thought the blue one was going to be the cover and that um, the source said that Harris's team asked for a new cover. But the print, it had already gone to print. That's so awkward. It's so awkward. No, she wouldn't. Mm-mm. It looks like an Instagram photo. It looks like something from the Vogue challenge where they've put the masthead on just a picture on someone's iPhone. Yeah, and the skinny, there's something, there's something off about the skinny jeans. I'm just, I know that's how she dresses, but not for the cover of Vogue, surely. <laughs> Well, it just like it said, it seems like she should have been given 
it feels it, that's what I mean about it feels rushed because I think there's so many contexts in which you could shoot her that didn't have to be super glossy with really unattainable expensive clothes. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Still yeah, you could can have got get a powerful message across. Her message yeah. About being relaxed and approachable and celebrate her with like like I the converse people are really upset about, but I get it because she wears them all the time. It's kind of her thing. So I get that. But they could have made they could have put her in converse and and like juxtaposed that with a really cool suit. Yeah, or like the Beto cover. My husband, when they shot him for Vanity Fair when they thought he was going to become president, which is so funny. He didn't even get into like the top 20. But in that he's wearing a rolled up shirt and just jeans. But Annie Leibovitz shot it and it looks beautiful because it's shot in Texas. It's really well styled. It It's like a powerful image. And it feels like they had this opportunity to create a really powerful dynamic image. Also, and do you find it... It feels bit, like they rang it in. Do you find it a bit off that they used both male designers for both covers? <laughs> Wait, who was the designer for the other cover officially? So it's Michael Kors and Donald Deal. Yeah, white white male designers. Yeah. That's what I mean. You just would have... I, I just think there's a way... Also, do you think that... it's saying something that... Tyler Mitchell, the photographer, only shared the digital one. He didn't share the yeah, print so one. Yeah, so did um, what's her name? Um, <laughs> Gabriella. So did Gabriella Karifa Johnson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which what? is such such a read on. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, it's very and the cover line, the United States of Fashion. Yeah, that what? Is, that's normal. I thought that was fake. Same. That's people were zooming in on that, saying this can't be a real cover because, as if they would make that the cover line. Dear, I'm angry about that now. Why did AOC get this like stunning cover for Vanity Fair that was so well thought out and she looks gorgeous, Mm -hmm. and Kamala's not awarded the same courtesy? I know. Even like Jacinda Ardern, Vogue US, flew a photographer over and shot her on the beach and she looked insane and powerful and gorgeous. Like, what is this back? Even the blue suit one, what is the backdrop? The backdrop on the pink one is supposed to be about her like paying homage to her sorority years, which I'm like, isn't there more we should be focused on? And look, it's like a bed with a chinoise sheet and then a yellow sheet there are a table is that a bed yeah it's like a little table thing she looks much better in that but her skin looks so washed out in both of them yeah i just i'm i'm mad for her same apparently she's mad which is awkward not the way you I know, wanna... I love her that she's angry. Yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? I mean, I hate to say it, but imagine what Edward Ennenfall would have done. I know. I know. Anna. Hand over the reins. Do you reckon Edward will go to um Edward will yep. go to Vogue US soon? Yeah. Yeah, I reckon. That's so exciting. Okay, should we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. Good chat. Good chat. 
long chat. We also just wanted to remind everyone to not forget to listen to our very ultra episodes. So as you all would be across, we are currently in the middle of a six-part collaboration with Ultraviolet featuring incredible guests such as Sophia Rowe, Abby Chatfield, Charlie Fraser, and our latest episode, which came out on Sunday, is with Kath Epps. So they are all incredible women who we chose um, to be part of this campaign because they are all doing very ultra amazing things in their own ways. Yeah, so Sophia is this incredible, amazing kind of celebrity chef who has a new cooking series for Vice. She's really stylish and gorgeous and funny, but also talks heaps about politics and racism in America and the relationship between food and politics. And then Abby, as a lot of you know, because that episode went off, (laughs) is a Bachelor contestant who's super sex positive and who's basically taken the way she was demonized on her season of The Bachelor and spun on its head and become this kind of amazing pro-sex role model who's currently working on her first book and also has a podcast. Then we had Charlie Fraser, who is one of the most successful Australian runway models of like the last 10 years. She's just launched with the First Nations Fashion and Design, which is an initiative to promote Indigenous inclusion in the Australian fashion industry. So she's amazing. And then Kath is a model YouTuber kind of influencer who has become this really vocal voice of making sex education queer inclusive in Australia. So she's been lobbying the government to change their sex education curriculum. Um, And she's fucking amazing as well. She talks all about her mental health struggles and quitting drinking and then obviously the work that she's doing. Yeah. Very interesting, great chat. So if you guys are and lying on the come. beach and need something to listen to please listen to uh very ultra summer yeah more to come more to come so to see come. you for the next one bye guys love bye. you Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.